Hello world, my name is Hannah and this is my world where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. Hello world and welcome back. So today, again, I just want to sit down and chit chat with you guys, kind of give you an update on what's going on in Hannah's world. Like seriously, I've come to you guys and I told you how it's been an adjustment and that's exactly (laughs) what it has been. Every day is an adjustment. I shared how, you know, there's been three words that I feel that the Lord has been speaking to me, and that is grace, mercy, and peace. And they are still, you know, very uh, strong words in my life right now, even though there's some other things that have been revealed to me as well. But um, I think for me, particularly, I come back to that. That's my foundation throughout this whole quarantine and throughout this whole pandemic, because every day I have to intentionally work on utilizing the grace and mercy that is given to me for today so that I can maintain my peace. Because otherwise, there's other things that will try and come and cloud my judgment so that I just let it go. And I have no one to blame but myself if I don't have my joy for that day or if I don't have my peace for that day because it's mine. It's mine to keep and no one can take it from me. It's me who let it lets it go because of whatever concerns or whatever thoughts may come into my mind for that day. So it's been an intentional work for me. Um, Some days I struggle with it, really. Um, And then other days, it's just like, it's a little bit easier to kind of just be like, oh, nope, I'm not gonna worry about that. You know, but it's an intentional work. It really has been. And so it continues to resonate in my spirit. And every day I have to work on it. And it's and it's an adjustment because every day brings something new. You know, um, just in in our household, uh, our week from last week to this week, has changed. I want to I don't want to use the word that has changed drastically, but it has changed enough where it's like, oh, I have to really readjust um, my thought process and how I was going to do things. You know, obviously, yes, we have decided to um, go virtual with the kids, but um, that decision within itself changed because we went from doing it through their school to now doing it through um, virtual school. And so like they're fully online now. And so the thoughts have come into my head, like at least when they were doing um, launch ed, there was the option to return face to face eventually um, with virtual school. That option is is void. (laughs) Um, They are virtual for the entire academic year. And so um, that is a little unnerving, especially for me, because yeah, I'm working remotely, at least for the remainder of 2020. But I don't know what spring brings. And at this point, I'm just like, I can't focus on spring. I can't think about, you know, that right now. Right now, I know what I have control over. And right now, I can make decisions, you know. And so that can be a little um, unnerving. But at the same time, I'm just like, okay, God, you already knew this situation was going to happen. And I trust and believe that the decision that we made for them to go fully virtual, you know, um, is something that you have led us to do. Uh, And so I'm just going to trust and believe. And so that's what I'm doing. But it's not easy making those decisions. 
step out on faith decisions or <laughs> leap of faith decisions, uh, there's always this like, I don't know, this little unbelief or this doubt in the back of your mind is like oh my gosh am I making the right choice for my kids is this the right thing to do like what have we done (laughs) um and I just feel like a mess Uh, seriously I'm just like lord what in the world and you know this is a decision that Anthony and I made together you know and we talked about it you know it's just like it's not like something that we did off of a whim but Still, you find yourself just kind of at times second guessing yourself, like, is this really the right thing to do? But then when I look at it in the long run, I'm like, you know what, maybe this is going to work out. (laughs) You know, um, maybe maybe this is the right thing to do because there's other things that that we have in the works or that we're planning on or that we're working on. And it's like, you know, if they are virtual, this this works out, you know, so I don't know. Um, But for us, it's been an adjustment, and really for me, it's it's just been like, Lord, I really need your guidance on this. We need your guidance on this in making the right decisions, and it's really gotten me to thinking about that whole trying to have it all together or trying to be all together or appear that you're all together. And, you know, um, for me particularly, that's when I fall victim to like the comparison trap and I fall victim to um, the appearance of being superwoman. And, you know, for me personally, because I can only speak for Hannah and speak for myself, um, it makes me wonder why do I feel like I have to do it all or even have it all together? Where did that start? You know, I'm not quite sure where the origin of that started for me, but I know that it is, you know, a combination of a few things. It's a combination of the role that I saw that a woman plays in the household, you know, as the wife and as the mother. And, you know, I saw that with my mom and what she did, you know. And in my mind, I was like, you know, I want to be like my mother who was there and very involved in school and was a part of PTA. I want to be like her who, you know, prepared meals for the family every day and kept the house tidy until I was old enough to keep the house tidy for her. <laughs> um, you know, I, I remember seeing that. I, you know, I I know that it comes from what is depicted in social media and in, you know, in the world's view of what a woman's role is. Now, true enough, the traditional roles of women versus the modern day woman has changed a bit um, because of women saying, you know, I don't have to just be Susie Homemaker at at the house or be a stay-at-home wife or stay-at-home mom I can be a CEO I can be a boss I can go out I can do it all I can have it all like you know women have changed the dynamics of that but even with the changes that have occurred it's like okay so now I really do have to be the woman that has it all and can do it all like I have to be this woman who is a CEO but at the same time knows how to come home and cook a hot meal for my family and read bedtime stories to my kids like that's super mom right there that's super woman that's super wife um and it's just like there's so many different depictions of what a woman should be in her role and you know 
a lot of the times I find myself looking at these these standards and looking at these different measures of am I a good wife? Am I a good mom? Am I measuring up? Am I a good woman? You know what I'm saying? Like a, what Hannah's world has been for me is my outlet to talk about my, you know, my journey of being the wife, the mom, and then being a boss in my own right, you know, um, and when I say a boss, it's just like, it's me owning myself as, as a woman, me owning who I am, who I've been called to be, the, the things that I want to accomplish in life and achieving the goals that I set out for myself, you know, that's what being a boss is to me is, is, you know, achieving those goals. But when I fall into that comparison trap and I compare myself to other moms and it's not intentional, it's just that you are, for me, it's not that I'm intentionally comparing myself because, you know, when you intentionally compare yourself to others, that's when you can kind of build up like resentment and envy and jealousy because it's like, oh, they're doing this and I'm not like, I'm, that's not where I am. And if you are there, you know, uh, be careful. That's, you know, that's not a good place to be. But I think I do it a lot unintentionally. Like I'll see something that somebody else is doing and it's just like, huh, I'm not doing that. Like, uh, am I, am I not a good mom because I'm not doing that? Or am I not a good wife? Like, should I be doing that? Like, those are the kind of questions that goes through my head. And there's nothing wrong with admiring people for what they do or using them as inspiration. But it's when that inspiration now becomes your measurement of who you are. And when you're measuring yourself to, you know, this other person and saying, no, they're the standard, it's like when you don't make that standard, you feel like a failure and a disappointment. And, you know, for me personally, I'm like, dang, I'm just not doing enough. And I start like beating myself up because I'm my own worst critic. And so it's just like, no, I am my own goals. <laughs> like, I need to set the template of my life. I need to be my own template. Nobody knows how to be Hannah better than Hannah knows how to be Hannah. And I cannot be somebody else like that person that I may be looking at and admiring they are the best version of themselves like they are the best them that they can be I can never be them because I'm not them so me trying to strive and do things the way that they do it it's not gonna work. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with admiring people and admiring what they do and using them as inspiration and saying, you know what, yeah, your goals because I truly admire you, but I'm goals too. You know, um one of the things that I've realized is is that when you know you're looking at other people and seeing what they're doing, like let's just take this whole virtual world, um, for example, you know, a lot of people have been posting, you know, the first day of virtual school for their kids. They've been posting how they set up their little areas and everything for them. And it's really cute and nice. And at first, because that was my idea as well. But Anthony and I, before we actually started setting up the room, we wanted to um, get a feel for how the first week was going to be. So like the kids already had desk and chairs. They've they've had them for like 
I guess a couple of years now because that's where they would do their homework. And so we have that set up in the loft area. But um, Anthony brought up a good point of saying, you know, Hannah, do we want to keep them both in the loft? Like there is an open space, you know, um, yeah, they may have on headphones, but what if they're a distraction to each other? You know, what if AJ's teacher is talking um, or AJ needs to respond and it's like a quiet time for Skyland, you know, is it going to disrupt? So I didn't want to put anything, you know, up on the walls or, you know, we had bought them dry erase boards for them to put their schedules up and all that other stuff. I didn't want to put any of that stuff up yet until we made the final decision like, okay, this is going to be their work areas. And so you know, I didn't decorate like that because we wanted to see how the first week was going to go. And so, you know, other people started posting up their stuff and instantly I felt bad. I was like, because I was seeing how, you know, people decorated their kids' rooms to look like a classroom by putting positive words up of encouragement and all this other stuff. And I was like, I wanted to do that. Like, I didn't do that. And then I felt like a bad mom. I felt like, you know, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you set up their little area? I knew why I didn't. I I had a legitimate reason why. My reason was I wanted to see how the first week was going to go and if this was actually going to be their set place or if we were going to keep them separated because, you know, last week we actually moved Skyland's desk into our bedroom and we had AJ's desk stay in the loft so that they weren't going to be together and we wanted to see how that was going to be. But because I went on social media and because I saw what other parents had done for their children, I instantly started to feel bad and felt like a bad mom. I was like, I didn't meet the mark. I should have went ahead and decorated their their space. And even if we found that, okay, they don't need to be separated and we're going to put them together, I could have just moved the stuff off the wall and redecorated it. Like I felt bad. I was beating myself up about that. And I'm just like, man, why do I do that? Like, I am my own goals. Like, I went out and I bought them. I I literally sat there, you know, the night before and separated all of their little pencil boxes. Like, they, you know, I they have their pencil box. They have their color pencil box. They have their crayon box. They have their glue and scissor box. Like, I went through and organized all these little boxes for them so that they would know exactly where to go to get their things. Like, I've had these big dreams of how I want to set up their little area for them to put their little cubbies and all that. And here it is just because I didn't do it yet because I was trying to plan out and just make sure that, hey, we want to be flexible. We want to be adjustable. Let's see how this goes before we really set things up. That was the plan. But then I saw what other people did and instantly I like downplayed myself because I felt like I wasn't doing a good job as a mom why why do I do that does anybody else do that does anybody feel you know (laughs) what I feel do you think I'm crazy do you think like Hannah you tripping girl what's wrong with you (laughs) um but I just I feel that way sometimes I feel like you know, I, I have set this mark that I have to be superwoman that like, no, you have to have it all together. You have to be able to do this and do that and get it all done and and be able to accomplish it by yourself. 
But why? Why do I feel that way? Why do I feel like I have to do it on my own? Like this, it's an independent thing. And and listen, I, there's nothing wrong with being independent. I, I truly believe that like my dad raised me to be independent. He was just like, you know, I'm your provider. And this is before I got married. My dad is like, you know, I'm your provider. But I want to know that if I'm not around, you can take care of yourself. You know, and, and maybe that's just the way that he he thought he needed to to bring me up and to just be like, you know, yeah, one day you'll you'll probably get married and everything and 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 that's great. But I just want to know that if I'm not around that you're able to to take care of yourself, that you won't feel like you have to depend on somebody else. You know, and I think that that's a great um a great lesson to teach children to learn how to be independent, to learn how to do things on their own and to be self-efficient and not always depending on somebody else. But at the same time, I think it's also important to teach them that it's okay to be dependent, especially when you're in a partnership. You know, um, for me personally, I think I struggle with that sometimes. And I've been married now for 12 years, you know, um, but I think there are times that I still struggle with um, just relying and seriously depending on Anthony to help me with certain things. Um, And so I feel like I got to do it myself. And that's not a good feeling because for him, He's like, I want to help you. I I want to be a support to you, but sometimes you don't let me, you know, and I think it's the same thing. It goes both ways with um, with husbands and wives. I think sometimes, you know, husbands um, find it hard to be really vulnerable with their wife because they feel like their wife can't handle some of the concerns or the burdens that they carry. Um, And it's like, you know, but I'm here to be your helpmate. You know, I'm here to help you with that load, um, to help you think think, think things through um, when making a decision. Like, you don't have to do that on your own. Um, but, it and, and like I said, I, it, I think it works both ways. I think sometimes it's hard for husbands to be very vulnerable with their wives and, and to tell them, like, hey, I'm struggling with this <laughs> because I feel like they have their own version of super, being superman, being super husband, super father. You know, I'm the provider. I'm the one that has to do all of this. You know, I feel like they struggle with that, too. And then, you know, for us as women, you know, you know at least for me in, 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 in my house, I know for me sometimes I've done it for so long that I've just become comfortable with it. I've become comfortable with being the one who does everything. So now when... Anthony is trying to like help and he's like dude you're not letting me help you (laughs) like you know um like more recently he's been um volunteering more to cook dinner now Anthony knows how to cook he's not the the cook in the house um I am the cook in the house uh and you know whenever he's cooked it's just been like oh this is something that he particularly wants to eat so he's just like I'm gonna make it type thing um but more recently because I've had to adjust my schedule at work during these you know on certain times and everything like that, um, he's been cooking more. And um, for Mother's Day, he bought me an Instapot. So he actually used the Instapot for the first time um, because I had just had it sitting on the counter, hadn't used it yet. Uh, Side note, (laughs) I'm going to just be real transparent with y'all for a moment. So again, social media, seeing everybody talk about Instapot this, Instapot that. And I was like, oh, I want an Instapot. But mind you, 
in my mind, for some reason, I thought an Instapot, um, or I'm sorry, an Instant Pot, because that is the proper way to pronounce it. I thought that an Instant Pot had a air fryer feature because I was seeing people talk about air fryers too. So I thought that that's what I was getting. And so when it arrived and they gave it to me for Mother's Day and I really read it and saw what it was, I was like, oh, this isn't an air fryer. (laughs) So I had never used it because all of the dishes that I was planning on making with it, I was like, oh, I got to readjust. I'm going to have to visit Pinterest and look up some Instant Pot recipes or something. So anyways, um, yeah, I'm just going to be transparent and let y'all know I had asked for the wrong thing. But I love my Instant Pot. It like cuts down cook time tremendously and it just works out great. So I'm glad that I have it, but I still do want an air fryer. Anthony calls me the appliance junkie. He was just like, you have every appliance in the world. You don't need anything else. I was like, but I use all of my appliances. It's not like it just sits there in the cupboard or sits on top of the counter. They all get used. But anyway, so... Um, he's been using the Instant Pot and he's been making meals. And so it's been helpful because then I don't have to worry about like, oh, let me go ahead and take a break so that I can go ahead and fix dinner. Um, but there, you know, that was something that was easy to let go, I guess. Um, or maybe it wasn't as easy for me to let go at first, <laughs> but I got used to it. So I think that's what, what it was. Like at first I was, I was a little upset. I don't even think I shared it with him. I was a little upset that he used the instant pot first. I was just like, how are you going to use my gift first? You know, but I got over it. And then, um, he had fun using it because it cut down his cook time, you know, and he was just like, oh, this is great. And so for, I think for like a week straight, he made dinner. And I was like, oh, this is great. I don't have to cook. I don't have to wear. And and mind you, I'm the only vegan in the house. So him cooking was like so awesome because I only had to worry about fixing food for myself. And it was just, it was great. Like I didn't have to worry about making, you know, two different meals or sometimes three because I got picky eaters and they don't want to eat you know what I made and they rather have macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets you know but anyways I digress but my point is is just that and even with that you guys like as a vegan because I'm the only vegan in my house oh I truly feel like a failure because when you look at all these other vegan accounts or, you know, on social media and everybody, their whole house is vegan. You know, it's just like, oh, we don't do meat in this house. I can't say that about mine, you know, and I feel sometimes I feel like a phony because it's like, how you going to eat? vegan and not make sure that your kids eat vegan how you gonna put the you know meat in your kids because that's what they grew up on they don't know anything else I wasn't I'm what this year made four years um of me being vegan like um I'm sorry (laughs) you know what I'm saying like I'm I'm sorry I I wasn't vegan all my life my children didn't raise didn't get raised on a vegan diet and I feel that after introducing that to them to now be like no y'all can't eat meat no more it's bad for you you no I can't do that I I feel like that needs to be their choice like there's times where Scotland's like I don't want any meat tonight mommy and I'm like but you need meat and then I have to remind myself no she doesn't need it so if she doesn't feel like eating it don't force her to you know um but I just feel like that should be my kid's choice it's 
not my choice to force them into veganism. Um, I can teach them about it. You know, we've had conversations like they had to realize you realize when you eat a burger that you're eating a cow. Like, I don't say it to them like that. But I, you know, when we're talking about animals and stuff, I do remind them like, hey, yeah chickens get slaughtered to make your chicken nuggets you know um but my point is is that I feel like a failure sometimes because I remember one time I was in um it was a vegan based uh store and um it was like a little bodega and so I was in there and I was ordering stuff for myself and you know when I go into a predominantly vegan you know establishment uh with my kids I'm very cautious not to just splurge and buy them stuff because they won't eat it. If they don't like the way it tastes, they'll be like, no, I don't eat it. Um, for example, I've bought them vegan ice cream, like the actual homemade um, ice cream, not like the Ben and Jerry's from the store. And like, they'll eat the ice cream like Ben and Jerry's. But the, the one that's like freshly made when I go to like these bodegas or to these different um, vegan establishments, I'll get it for them. And they'll eat a little bit of him like, I don't want any more. And I'm like, dude, do you realize that this one scoop, this one little scoop of ice cream was like $5? Like, and I had to buy two because you and your sister ain't want to share. So I had to buy, that's $10 that's about to go down the drain. You know what I'm saying? So when I go, <laughs> when I go into these establishments with them, I usually either have already fed them or I'm just grabbing something for myself before I go run. <laughs> Yes, this sounds horrible to Chick-fil-A and get them some nuggets. (laughs) I know. Okay, vegan community, please don't like banish me. Don't burn me at the stake. Listen, I'm a mess. I'm a (laughs) mess.com. It is what it is. Uh, I just have to own that this is who I am. I'm sorry. I know that that sounds horrible that after I leave a vegan restaurant, I'm going to Chick-fil-A to get food for my kids. But what do you want me to do? Like, seriously, like this is this is exactly what I'm talking about. I I don't want to put up this appearance like, oh, I got it all together. And, you know, my kids are not getting any type of preservatives in their lives and that it's just all natural, organic fruits and vegetables is no that's not how it is I'm sorry um and if I am not making or failing to make your mark I apologize like I don't know what else to say and and that's really what I wanted what this whole episode is about like it's hard it's hard when you try to be honest and transparent about where you are in life and you feel like you're going to be judged for every little thing that you say because you're not meeting other people's marks you're not making the the benchmark of life these milestones that everybody else says that you're supposed to make and so because you're not making them it's like you're not your own goals like you're not goals because how are you vegan and you don't and your kids aren't vegan or your husband's not vegan or you know how how are you vegan and you don't push veganism on your family and on other people don't you know that this is the way to go like why do we do that why because something works for us and we're like oh this is really good we push that on other people like there's nothing wrong with sharing I think there's a difference between sharing you know your your dreams and your goals and you know what's working for you with other people and then trying to force it on somebody else like 
I don't, it's not about forcing. I don't want to force you to do anything that you don't want to do because we've all been given a choice. We all have a choice and it's, it's up to you to choose what's right for you. It's up to you to choose what you believe in. And for me, it's just like, yeah, would I love for my entire household to be on a vegan diet um, so that I, one, and this may be selfishly, don't have to make three different meals or I no longer have to touch like dead animal flesh. Like, honestly, I, I and I've, I've shared this with Anthony, I hate cooking chicken. I do. Um, in our house, that's primarily what is eaten is um, chicken and turkey because Anthony's not a big fish person. The kids love fish. And AJ actually likes shrimp, which I don't know how to cook because I'm allergic to shellfish. <laughs> so um, he only gets that. Uh, if somebody else makes it, but like in our household, it's just, it's usually just turkey and chicken that is cooked. And so, um, that's why I'm so grateful for the instant pot because I can just put it in the pot and leave it alone and it be cooked and it's done. Um, but somebody still has to clean it and season it. And that's usually me. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, and I don't like to do it. So if my family was to become vegan, oh, that would be such a blessing because I won't have to make that anymore. Um, but that's not the case right now. You know what I'm saying? And the kids aren't old enough to know how to or I guess I could teach them. I mean, look at MasterChef kids. You got kids that's young as seven <laughs> that's in front of a stove. So maybe I need to teach them um, and maybe I should teach them how to use it on the Instapot. Right. So that they don't they can just put it in the pot turn it on and they're done I, you know what i'm gonna start working on that anyway <laughs> but you know like i was saying for me i would love if my family um was if this was a vegan household but it's not you know and so i don't think that i'm any less of a mom because or i shouldn't think that i'm any less of a mom just because my kids aren't vegan um, I think what's important as a mom is to make sure that my kids are getting the proper nutrition and regardless of what diet they're on, they need to make, I need to make sure that they're getting all of their minerals and vitamins. So, you know, giving them a multivitamin every day, I think is important, you know, um, making sure that they have well-balanced meals, um, and all the essential food groups is important, you know, um, and just making sure that I'm paying attention to them when they're telling me that they have a tummy ache or something is wrong. Like that's being a good mom, being attentive to my children is being a good mom. Spending time with them is being a good mom. Do I always do that? No. Um, I've, I've shared uh, with a couple of friends how sometimes when I'm working and Anthony's away at work and it's just me and the kids, sometimes I'm just a body. I'm, it's like I'm just here to keep them from burning the house down because, you know, when I'm at work, if there's a pile of emails to get through or I have back to back appointments, I'm in that office all day and they don't see me, um, you know. And so do I feel like a good mom in those moments? No, but. I'm trying to make it work. I'm trying to adjust. I'm trying to figure out how can I get more involved, which is why I adjusted my hours so that during the day when they're, you know, technically virtually learning in school, I'm there to be engaged and to be attentive and to be that learning guy that they need me to be and to help them, you know. And so I think being willing to make those adjustments, making those sacrifices, even if that means that now 
I'm working later in the evening, that that's a part of being a, a good mom. You know, those are mom goals. I am my own mom goals, you know, and the fact that I will use my lunch break to fix dinner so that while I'm still, you know, working, they're still able to eat at a decent time. That's a mom goal. That's a wife goal that, you know, when Anthony comes home, food is ready for him to eat. Like those are goals. Those are goals that I should be proud of, you know. And again, there's nothing wrong with me looking at other wives and moms and taking a page out of their book and just like, oh, so this is working for you. Let me try that. Let me see if that works for my household, because that's the other thing. Right. What works in your household may not necessarily work in my household. So why am I staring at you? And for you to be my goal when your family dynamic could be completely different from mine. And so here I am making you my goals. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be like this mom. I'm going to do everything that she does. And I start doing these things in my house and my family look at me like, why are you doing that? That don't work for us. Like, why are you making such a big meal? It's only four of us in here. And like three of us don't eat half of this stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. You have to assess and adjust and figure out what works best for you and your family and what works best for you. Like I there's nothing wrong with being superwoman. Right. But I got to be superwoman in my own right. I got to be super at doing things that works for my family. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's the twist. That's that's what gets me twisted up is it's like I feel like I got to have it all. I got to do it all, you know, and be able to to get it all done and live this picture perfect life. But like Pastor Michael Todd always says, it's not about perfection. It's about progression. You know what I'm saying? So let me go ahead and crash that picture, crash that mirror that I'm looking at at perfection because I'm not perfect. I am perfectly imperfect. That's what I am. I am imperfect. Perfectly. You know what I'm saying? I'm perfectly imperfect. So let me stop trying to portray and think that there's this perfect mark that I need to meet because I'm not going to meet it because I'm not perfect. I'm imperfect. So that's not going to happen. All right. Next thing is, is that like who, what is it all? What is it that I want to accomplish? Because my goals are different from the next woman's goals. It's different from the next mom's goals. It's different from the next wife's goals. So why are your, your goals, my goals? Do I even want that in my life? No, I probably don't. So why am I saying that you are my goals when we may have different goals? And that's okay. We're all different. You know what I'm saying? We can celebrate each other. We can honor each other. We can admire each other. We can be each other's inspirations. But at the same time, let's not make each other each other's idols. I don't want you to be my idol. I don't want to be anybody's idol. You know what I'm saying? I just want to celebrate other people for the accomplishments that they make and if there's something that you do really well that I want to do too then yeah I want to learn from you I want to learn how to do it so that I can do it in my own right so that I can accomplish it the way that I need to but not be a carbon copy of you because I who needs a another carbon copy of somebody else that person is already doing it so well you know it, it brings me back to uh, a statement that Anthony said to me a long time ago when um, I was being apprehensive about, you know, doing certain things because I'm like, well, other people are already doing it. So, you know, I don't need to do it, too. And he's just like, Hannah, but what's different about the way that you do it? He was like, look at the bread aisle. When you walk down the bread aisle, there are 
a whole lot of different brands of bread, but there is a space on the aisle for each one of them. All of these bread makers, they didn't come up with a new concept. They may came up with a different recipe and that's what makes it different. So some of us may like Sarah Lee while others like um, Dave Killer's bread or some may like Nature's Own. They have different recipes. The bread tastes different, but it's all bread. We use it to make our sandwiches. We use it to, to make croutons. We use it to make, you know, whatever. So, but there's a space for each of these different bread companies on the aisle. There is a space for each of us to be doing the same thing as well. But because the niche is you, the niche is me and nobody can be me and nobody else can be you. That's your niche. That's what makes you different. And that's why you can be successful doing it your way, even though you may be doing the same thing as somebody else. So be your own goals, be your own template. Yes, look at others who are already doing it well to be your inspiration, but they don't have to be your template. They don't have to be your goals. They don't have to be the person that you're measuring yourself up to so that when you don't meet up to that measure, you feel like a failure. Set your own measures. Set your own goals. Set your own standards and realize, okay, I can do this. That's how I feel. That's my personal opinion. That's the revelation that I got (laughs) out of this week because I felt like I was trying to measure up to somebody else's level. And it's just like, I mean, there's a whole nother conversation that I can have about that, about, yeah, there does need to be a standard. Um, But what I mean by set your own standard is, is understand that as you're working towards something, you're doing it in your own way. And if there, if it's something where you can be creative and you turn it into your unique self, then you are your standard. It's not like meeting a standard of, well, all moms should do this or all moms. Should. No, you're a mother and you were specifically chosen to be the mother of your child. There was something in you that God saw that that child needed that only you could provide, which is why you were the vessel that that child came into this earth. And that's what we need to recognize. We need to recognize that there is something in us for each of our children. Can I be the mother or be a mother to somebody else's child, be a mother-like figure? Yeah, I can, but I don't ever necessarily replace who that person's mother is in their life. Why? Because that child needed something specific from that person. Whether it was DNA, you know, uh, genetic, whatever the case may be, that child came into this world through the vessel that they came in because it was something about that person that that child needed. And that's what I mean by be your own standard. Yeah, as a mom, are there certain things that make you a good mom? Yeah, you know, like I said, being attentive, making sure that you feed the child, making sure you nurture the child. Like these are these are regular standards that you should do. But how you go about that, how you nurture your child, how you're attentive to your child, how you spend time with them, how you do things is dependent on you. Those measures, those are measures that you create. Nobody else should create them for you. So anyways, I know that I am imperfect. (laughs) I know 
that I have flaws and I'm a mess, but God still uses my mess. And one thing that I've learned about him is, is that he doesn't use perfect people. He uses people who are messy and admit that they're messy and, you know, realize that, okay, it's not me who makes myself better. It's him who makes me better. I can't do it in my own strength, um, but I can do it with him because with him, I can do all things. Apart from him, I can do nothing. So, yeah, I'm a mess. But with God, I'm a blessed mess. <laughs> with God, my mess can be turned into a message of encouragement and inspiration to somebody else. And that's what I hope um, that somebody gets out of this podcast today. So I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I hope that we had you had a great time with me. I had a great time talking to you guys um, and just being open, honest, and transparent. And if you want to connect with me, you can do so on Instagram at hannahsworld 0 or you can send in a listener letter to hannahsworld00 at gmail.com. Until next time, peace out, world. Peace out, world.